Welcome to the Happy Successful Massage Therapist. I'm Eric DeGeer, business coach, massage therapist, game designer, and your host. This podcast deals with a wide range of interests framed within the five mountains, physical, mental, financial, relational, and spiritual. This month will be focused on the financial mountain, which involves wealth, income, energy, source, and abundance. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Happy Successful Massage Therapist. I'm here with Anissa Brown. So Anissa brought you on today. We're going to be talking about the financial mountain and all the complexities of that. Do you want to tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what you have going on? Yeah, sure. My name is Anissa Brown. I am a career and business coach and president of Goal Setters Workforce Development. I have worked with over 40,000 professionals in career planning, management, and transitions across multiple industries and job titles for the past 19 years for Fortune 100 companies. So I've worked with a lot of people over the years in all aspects of managing up their careers. Yeah, it's definitely a pretty cool track record. Imagine having worked with so many people advancing their careers forward. You've probably learned a lot about what all it takes to move forward professionally and personally. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I brought you on today. I know you're not a massage therapist per se, even though that's our focus. I want to kind of connect the dots between what you do and what our listeners are doing. So a lot of our listeners are going to be massage therapists who have started a business or are working for someone and are looking to succeed financially, especially considering the theme of this month. We'll have some questions for you on exactly what it's going to take for people to see that success in their business. Perfect. So I know when we were chatting about the episode, we talked about boundaries as one of the important factors in creating that success for a business. So what exactly do boundaries look like and why are they important? Well, not having boundaries in business and in life can definitely have a negative consequences. You'll experience more stress, you'll waste time, mental distress, and even relationship issues, including personally and professional relationships. But if you have some boundaries. And of course, it's never too late to start building those boundaries for yourself. Strong and healthy boundaries can be the difference between feeling frustrated, overwhelmed, and anxious, or feeling satisfied, successful, and confident. So what kind of boundaries do you normally see or recommend people putting in place? Well, first of all, set up office hours for your clients and only answer communications between those times. Say no to opportunities that don't align with your goal and don't feel bad about that. A lot of people, especially if you're starting off your business, they want to say yes to everything. Don't start off that way. Really focus in on if it's good for you as well as your business and keeping those time slots. So if you are open until five, for example, don't set an appointment at 530. Just work with your clientele. They are going to understand you have office hours just like everybody else and schedule them for, you know, four o'clock the following day. In addition, don't share too much personal information with your clients that can blur the boundary lines for sure. And create small blocks of time to work on your projects for your business and honor them. 
turn on the do not disturb for your electronic devices. Or if you have staff, let them know you can't be disturbed during those time frames. And if you need to, put a sign on your door. And most importantly, delegate non-essential tasks if you can. As you create your to-do list, you can choose to delegate low-priority items to your teammates. Definitely setting those perimeters for my time has really affected the quality and the efficiency of my business. You know, it's respecting the things that I'm good at and what I can do and knowing where my weaknesses lie as far as when you're talking about the boundaries for the delegation. It's not about not stepping back into that. Like there's a gap in the team and you need to step in and fulfill that and help pull the weight. It's a bit different than taking over somebody else's job when they should be the one to do it. So making sure you don't overstep the boundaries as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. For what I've found a lot of times for the owners that I coach is that they're the biggest thing to stand in their own way as far as moving forward, not respecting the boundaries they've set for themselves. Absolutely. I've noticed that too. Yep. So what are some boundaries that you've made in the past that have worked really well for you? Focusing on my work-life balance. The time you spend away from the office can influence the way you work in the office. So that's why work-life balance is super important, especially if you're struggling with time management. It can be a stressor for all other areas in your life. And it also affects the ability of your work as well. So I try to find time to exercise, hobby, and most importantly, spending more time with my family. When I was younger, when my daughter was young, I was a single parent. And I put, I can't tell you how many times I missed dance recitals and things happening at her school because my job required me to be there. And that's hard. And it took me many years to figure out that my daughter is way more important than my job. But at the time, I think I need to put food on the table and a roof over her head. And that was a real struggle. So finding that work-life balance is super important, especially if you have young kids. Another boundary that I use is removing bad habits. I always use like social media, for example, and emails. I would spend hours and hours and hours looking at social media, responding to it, all that kind of stuff. And that ate up a lot of my time. So I decided to limit myself on social media during certain hours of the day. And that way I'm not constantly on it throughout the day, especially when my phone dings. And most importantly for me is organization. Organizing my desk, task list, my inbox, all that kind of stuff. If my office is not organized, then in my mind I'm cluttered. That causes stress for me. So having everything organized helps out with that. Yeah. One of the big points that I like that you mentioned was the fact of like social media and emails eating up time. Mm -hmm. I know that those can kind of be black holes in people's businesses, especially when there's, you know, 50 million people telling you what you need to be doing for your business and you need to post this, not this that many times a day or do so many likes and so many shares. And I told a friend who asked me advice for on her business I said the business or your work can be like a baby that's just insatiable. It's going to eat up all of the time that you feed it and all of the emotion that you put into it. So setting those boundaries on that is vital 
for you to continue to have a life outside of work. Oftentimes we have locks on our doors to stop our possessions being stolen, or, you know, we have banks to stop our money from being stolen, but what do we have to stop our time from being stolen? And just finished a really good book called Indistractable. It's the same author who wrote the book Hooked about how to hook people into social media or hook people into your business. He decided to do the inverse and have Indistractable, a book on how to free yourself from being hooked into social media. And a lot of it's about notifications on your phone. We have the phone that's kind of a portal into our mind and into our attention span. He talked about being present with his daughter playing a game, but then the phone just stole his attention away. And before he knew it, his daughter went off to go play somewhere else. And he lost that moment to be with her because he decided his attention on the phone was more important. Tough lessons to learn for sure. Yep. So I know one of the other things that we talked about besides boundaries that a lot of people find challenging is this idea of setting a goal and sticking to it. A lot of people have an issue with either procrastinating on what they're supposed to be doing or not respecting their deadlines. So the issue of procrastination is always really interesting to me. In fact, I even made up a term for myself that I find myself procrastinating, like being busy doing everything else except for the main thing that I'm supposed to be doing. It makes me seem busy and feel and like I'm getting somewhere, but in reality, at the end of the day, when I look at it, I'm like, oh, I didn't even make any progress on the book I'm writing because I chose to clean the kitchen and make that pie that I always wanted to make or whatever it is. I stayed busy, but I didn't do what I wanted to do. So what exactly causes procrastination and what are some your thoughts around that? Well, procrastination is the habit of avoiding urgent tasks despite negative consequences. When people procrastinate, they often delay priorities and instead focus on the less important, more enjoyable, simpler tasks, and people procrastinate for a lot of different reasons. So one of the most common reasons for what causes procrastination can include perfectionism, fear of failure, fear of criticism, avoidance, low self-esteem, a tendency to self-defeat, depression, trouble focusing, task aversion, resisting challenges, or difficult defining goals. That's a big one for a lot of my clients. And it's a disconnect with the future self. Okay. That's really interesting. Can you go into that a bit more? Absolutely. A lot of times when someone thinks of a goal, it's like the end goal, the main goal, right? So like find house, that's my goal. I want to buy a house in 2023. Perfect. That's great. Where do you start from there? I mean, you could say you want to buy a house and you keep working for it and you're trying to pinch pennies and save money for a down payment. But do you really know what it takes to buy a house? That's where you need to ask people in the industry, maybe a realtor or a loan mortgage company type place. Do your research on what you need to do. One of the things is obviously if you have good credit, what is your credit score? And if you need to work on your credit score, you need to get it up. Because the higher your credit score, then the lower your interest rate will be. What type of loans do you qualify for? There's a lot of different types of loans that you qualify for. And like first time home buyer loan, you get a lower interest rate. What do you need to show them that you are the first time home buyer? You know, setting up smaller 
goals to accomplish that larger goal is what's going to make you successful at obtaining that larger goal. So do your research, ask questions, talk to people who know more about what you're searching for, what your goal is. I call it informational interviewing and break it into smaller goals. Do one goal at a time, each smaller goal at a time. Don't try to do it all at once because most people are not successful at that. If you say, okay, I'm going to work through my credit. That's your first goal, let's just say. And then you work on that until you get your credit score to where you want it to be at. Then what's the next goal? Setting an appointment with the loan officer to find out all the information that you need to do, or maybe that's step one. But accomplish each smaller goal first, and before you know it, you're going to get to that larger goal. Yeah, that one step at a time up the mountain, breaking the mountain down into separate sections to work on and just focusing on the one step in front of the other. Yeah, because sometimes they say, oh, I could do that like this. And some goals seem so far out there that we tend to procrastinate and avoid certain things just because we just don't know how to get there. Once you know how to get there, it makes it a lot easier to accomplish anything personally or professionally. Okay. So what are the true costs of procrastinating? Because a lot of people, they're like, oh, I'm a chronic procrastinator and bringing it home to them. What are some real negative effects that they're going to see if they don't try and solve this procrastination issue? Yeah. Procrastination prevents you from reaching your full potential in your relationships, career, and beyond. It impedes teamwork, uh, decreases self-esteem, and even leads to depression and job loss. Critical to be proactively developing uh, strategies to prevent this. 100%. I find that when I say I'm going to do something and then follow through on that instead of procrastinating, that definitely helps build the confidence to keep going forward and motivates me even more. So what are your top tips for procrastinators and we talked about kind of the bad parts of it and what it is that they're doing wrong. What are some things (laughs) they can do to, to kind of solve that? How do you break that cycle? First of all, recognizing the patterns of procrastination, figure out why you're procrastinating. And it could be a couple of the things that I mentioned. If it's avoidance, once you know what the issue is for procrastination, you're ahead of the game. If you avoid certain situations or avoid whatever path that you have at hand. I would recommend tackling the hardest project first, get it out of the way and just kind of force yourself to do that. Sit down and do it. And even if it's for like 15 minutes, let's just say, and then you're like, okay, maybe I'll do a few smaller tasks. I will take, you know, 30 minutes to do, and then I'll come back to that. If you go back to that or set a timer or put it on a calendar or do something to go back to it and then do another 15 minutes, do it small increments, kind of like goals to get that harder task accomplished. The idea is to create an actual habit. You're retraining your brain in a way, making this a good habit instead of a negative one. That's what it's all about. And celebrate the wins. That's what I keep forgetting to mention is celebrate those wins. Say like you're writing a book and it's challenging to find chunks of the day to sit down and do it. So if you even do it for like 30 minutes a day, celebrate that. Get yourself a little gift card ahead of time for somewhere like Starbucks or coffee somewhere 
or buy something on Amazon or take yourself out to lunch or something like that and celebrate those successes because that's going to encourage you to continue setting those goals and hopefully breaking the procrastination pattern, so to speak. Those are my tips. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of attacking the largest item at the start. I love getting up and exercising immediately, whether that's going to hot yoga or doing any other form of exercise. Because for me, it's a good start to the day energetically. And it's tackling something difficult physically that once you accomplish that, it feels like you can take on anything else. I know my brother who's in the military said that they always were trained to attack the hills. So if you have a hill coming up, instead of dreading it and being like, okay, I got to take this, they were trained to attack it, you know, do their best to knock the hill out. And before you know it, you're halfway up the hill. And then all you have to do is finish up. So if yeah. you attack that task, that large task, or eat the frog, I think as Mark Twain said, first thing in the morning, the rest of the day is going to be downhill, like you said. Agreed. And also think of it, instead of it being negative, try to change your mindset to a positive. It's a challenge. And try to make something fun out of the challenge. Mm -hmm. That helps out mentally and with motivation as well. It's like you mentioned the hell. What's at the top of the hill? Could there be, you know, pot of gold? Could there be, you know, kind of have fun with yourself. And so that way you want to go up that hill even more. And if you want it, you'll do it. Find a different route up the hill, a scenic route. Do however. Yeah, make a game out of it. Absolutely. And it's so much easier to tackle that hill if you're having fun with it and thinking of it in a positive way than the negative way. All that negative self-talk really kind of defeats the whole purpose of going up that hill. Yeah, also putting it into perspective. I'm just doing this today or this week or this year. Like how much time do you have left in your life to work on things? Like, will you even remember this hill? Was this going to be something that blocks you from getting to where you go? Or this is just the start. This is just the launch pad to your success. So when talking about all of this, we're talking about career advancement. So moving someone's career forward on the track professionally. So for massage therapists, a lot of times, you know, career advancement can come in different formats, whether it's scaling up and hiring a few extra people to help you manage your clients, or maybe increasing prices or expanding your skills, getting a bit more education. How do people know when is the best time to advance their career? You always want to advance your career. And you always want to look not just in the present. Don't forget about the present. A lot of people look towards the future. Look at the future. Where do you want to be six months from now, one year from now, five years from now? And then work backwards from there. Everybody's at a different spot in their career. So depending on where they're at in their career, you need to setting goals. What does that look like to you? And how are you going to be successful at obtaining those goals? If it's hiring more staff, for example, what do you need to do to hire somebody? Do you put an ad out and where to put the ad out? Maybe some sort of software system to help you go through the applications and resume. You need to have an application too. There's a lot of processes. So depending on where you're at, I say now. And I don't care if you're a college student, high school student, or you're already retired. 
you always look at your career as an advancement because you're going to continually advance in your career. And think about it. We were 44 years full time at a 40 hour job. You work over 91,000 hours. And that's a lot of hours to be spending at work. So you want to enjoy what you're doing. I mean, life is too short, like you mentioned earlier. So you definitely want to think about advancing your career from day one, in all honesty. I agree. I think that if you're not focused on advancing career, you're going to get stuck in a rut or settle for yeah. something because there's always some area to work on. There's always some new piece of life to discover and work should be integrated into kind of who we are, especially for people who are solopreneurs or who want to start their own business. They're really building the business around themselves and their skills. And because they are a sole entrepreneur and building their business, where do they want to see their business in a year, in five years? And start working towards those goals to accomplishing it. Is it having several different massage therapy storefronts to offer? Do they want to be a chain? Do they want to have different locations around the United States or their state or in town? What does that look like? And what do you need to do to attain that goal? Yeah. Whenever I'm coaching my clients, I call it focusing on the mountain, setting that mountain in a distance and be like, okay, this is something to move forward toward. This is something I can look at and define and analyze. Okay. But a lot of times when going along that journey, we're going to come up against different obstacles, you know, when trying to advance professionally, whether growing in your skills as a solopreneur, or if you're working for someone else, working your way up that chain. So what are some of these common obstacles that people run into when trying to advance in their career? Uh, well, the most popular obstacle I deal with is the negative self-talk, that little voice that's inside our head saying that they can't do it. And it makes us accept our boundaries. In short, it's a great obstacle to success, putting your goals off until someday. I know I was famous for it, saying the word, well, someday I'll do it. But guess what? Someday doesn't ever appear on a calendar, does it? <laughs> So you'll never accomplish those goals if you keep putting them off. Lack of focus, inability to properly focus on your efforts on a given task is another major obstacle to success. If you're not focused on your dreams and goals, we don't use our time in a productive manner. So instead of using it to pursue success, we spend our time with distracting activities that lead us nowhere waiting to take action until you feel ready. Don't wait for like a burst of inspiration out of the blue. Just start tackling things in their smaller increments until you get there. Because by the time you probably finish those tasks, you're gonna feel ready. And fear is one of another major obstacle. Fear can definitely distract you and prevent you from your own growth. When it comes to pursuing your dreams, you have be willing to take risks. I agree. So exactly. what can people do to grow professionally or to get past these obstacles? Well, first of all, embrace your network. When it comes to advancing your career, sometimes the simplest step is, makes the greatest impact. So building, nurturing, and maintaining your professional network 
can have tremendous impact in help you finding a new job or bringing clients to your business. It's a great way to stay in touch with everybody and you stay connected with people, especially in the industry. A lot of us navigate to our own industry, right? Good way to stay connected in your industry and maybe some other additional industry. Another form of networking is attend industry events, lectures, trade shows, meetups, and other events specifically target to professionals in your industry. Be a good contact. People are more likely to do you a favor if you first do them a favor. Another step is find a mentor. You know, 75% of the executives out there have a mentor. I thought that was a huge number when I was doing my research. And it makes sense. If you have a mentor, they really play a critical role in your own career development. And you can find mentors in a lot of different areas. Ask your employer or ask someone in your industry if they have a mentor or maybe they could be your mentor. If you look up to somebody in your industry, ask them to be your mentor and you'll learn a lot from your mentor. It's wonderful. Great. Okay. So now we're going to hop to the game show, part of our show, and we're going to read some questions off from game happy hour, which I designed last year during the pandemic. It's just a bunch of interesting or clever questions just to change up the mood a little bit and see some interesting sides of Anissa. First question is, what is your 100% surefire way to get rid of your hiccups? Sugar. Actually eating sugar. That's the only thing that gets rid of my hiccups. I'll eat spoonfuls of sugar until they're gone. (laughs) No joke. I've tried everything. What's the most spoonfuls of sugar you've had to eat to get rid of them? Uh, About three tablespoons. So it's not like the whole jar or whole bag or something. No, no. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> when I get to that point, I'm just so desperate. It's like I'll just cram down the sugar. And once it goes away, I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> and then I put it away. There you go. Okay. What is something that your parents always did that you now find yourself doing? Hmm. Well, my mother is where she's OCD. She denies it, of course. I'm OCD and like uh, loosely use that term. More work environment, OCD in certain areas. But lately it's like, now my cans have to be facing the right way, literally in the pantry. The right way so I can see the freaking labels and all that. It's driving me crazy, but I do it. (laughs) Literally, and my brother and I used to have so much fun with my mom. And when he comes into town, we can actually be in our house and we can move something just a centimeter off. It could be anywhere in the house. And she'll walk by and then put it right back. And then she keeps walking. And Scott and I would just laugh. We think this thing is so funny to do that to her. And I'm I'm starting to notice I'm doing that. And I don't mean to. (laughs) That's really interesting. I wonder what it stems from. I have no idea. I don't know. They're pretty organized, but I'm getting like a little, you know, anal here. And it's, yeah, it's kind of driving me a little bonkers. But yeah, I've noticed that. All right. Next question is tell about your favorite teacher. I'm going through in my head right now, like from like elementary, middle school, high school. Yeah, it could be college, could be favorite yoga teacher, favorite meditation teacher, something. Oh, there you go. There you go. 
Hmm. You know what? Probably my dance teacher. Yeah, my dance teachers have always been really good and motivating, and they don't let me get it up. And like, you could do this move, you can do that. I was a professional ballerina for many years in my previous life. Oh, wow. So, had a lot of fun with that and had the opportunity to travel all over. Yeah, I imagine there's a lot that goes into dance that a lot of people don't think about, like probably the mental side of it, and that the teachers can really help, you know, someone who's growing in their self-confidence or mm-hmm. body image. And technique mm-hmm. as well. You have to be spot on on technique, and sometimes you don't think you can actually do it, and they encourage you to keep doing it. You just need to keep practicing and, and just keep going, persevering through it. Yeah. And then you'll eventually get it. And that's the, the great thing about it. If you keep practicing and doing what they are telling you to do, technique-wise, you'll get there. You may not get there tomorrow, but you'll get there in a couple of weeks or two. Yeah, and, just like you're coaching now. Yeah. Very cool. All yeah. right, Anissa, it's been fun and fantastic. Thanks for coming on and chatting and playing the game. Absolutely. I had a great time. Thank you so much. This has been fun. How are people able to get a hold of you? Oh, they can contact me through my website. It's goalsetterscwfd.com. CWFD stands for career and workforce development. And you can help people advance their careers on there, I'm guessing, as well as you do personal coaching, correct? I do do personal coaching. I prefer one-on-one, more personal that way. And I like that. So I can help them with their career path. If they need any help with their business or getting started with their business, I'm more than happy to help out with that as well. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. And look forward to this episode coming out soon. Well, Perfect. take care. And I'm sure we'll connect again. This has been fun. Yeah. Thanks so much, Eric. I appreciate it. Have a great week. Thanks. You too. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. You have been listening to the Happy Successful Massage Therapist podcast with Eric DeGear. If you would like to join our free group, you can find us on Facebook at the Happy Successful Massage Therapist. If you would like to reach out for one-on-one coaching or to join our Massage Success Club, you can find us at degear.biz or massagesuccess.club, where you can fill out an application. As always, see you on the flip side.